I've learned to doubt my doubts when I'm doubting God. I doubt anything that questions the character and the integrity of God and what my Bible tells me about God. Because my Bible tells me God is a prayer answering God and I need to believe what the Bible says about Him. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us this time. Today we're continuing the series, Encouragement for Discouraging Times. You know, I don't know about you, but I need to be encouraged. Encouragement is like oxygen. You can't live long without it. But what do you do when no one is around to encourage you? And even worse, the only voices you're hearing are negative and critical. Perhaps today you find yourself in just such a negative, critical environment where if you don't encourage yourself, there's not going to be any encouragement at all. Well, stay tuned, for the Bible provides the keys we need to know how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. So let's go right to part two of the message, How to Encourage Yourself. And I believe it was his understanding of the sovereignty and the providence and the power of God over all the circumstances of life that kept him sane and kept him together and kept him in one piece. He told himself, God's in charge. I trust him in the storm. Now, when we realize what was taking place in David's life, none of us could blame him for feeling the way that he did. A lot of us are in trial right now, but very few are experiencing anything comparable to what the king of Israel was experiencing at this time in his life. He didn't even know if he was going to live. He didn't know if he was going to be returned to his kingdom. He didn't know but what he had lost everything forever. Now, how did he deal with it? That's what I want to know. How did he deal with this level of trial? How did he come out of this fiery oven alive and in one piece? How did he find encouragement in totally discouraging circumstances? How did he keep the victory within? I see three things that he did. How many of you would like to know what they are? You know, I, I believe when all else fails, follow directions, and everything else will fail but the directions of the Word of God. So when I'm in a trial, I go to the Word of God. I want to see how somebody like David got through this. What did he do that he came out on the other side, was reestablished as king, and lived out his calling till the day that he died? How did he get through it? Let me tell you. Here's what I see. Three things. First, he asked himself a question. He talked to himself. And the question was, why are you cast down? It's almost like he's surprised in himself. What are you doing cast down? He's asking, what are you doing in this state of mind? Have you ever asked yourself that? What are you doing in this state of mind? Why are you so down? You know God's going to come through for you. It's like he's thinking, hey, David, you know better than this. Oh, my soul, you know better than this. If some of you need to ask yourself today, why are you so cast down? 
Now, some of you walked in the door today, and here's why you're cast down, because of the way you were talking to yourself on the way to church, because you talk to you more than anybody else talks to you, and you have talked yourself into a pit in the theater of your mind. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Some of you are great at having your own private pity party. You pull out your own violin and you play away a mournful song. All the way here, life's against me, people are against me, I can't have anything go right, everything goes wrong, I can't believe I haven't gotten a flat on the way to church. That'd be my luck to get a flat on the way to church because life is against me. And you say with Jacob, all these things are against me. You talk yourself into a pit. You see, I can do that better than any of you, so I can preach about this. I know that Jeff can talk Jeff down or Jeff can talk Jeff up. Jeff can talk Jeff into the sense of the Spirit of God, or Jeff can get himself into a position that, hey, I need somebody to help me. It matters how you talk to you. What you say to you about you. What you say to you about God in you. What you say to you about your future. It matters what you say to yourself. And see, here's David. He's saying, I better talk to myself. I better deal with this right now, and I'm going to begin by talking to myself. I'm so glad that David is truthful about his struggles in the Psalms. I love the Psalms in discouraging times because they're real. That's what I like about the Psalms. They're real about life. They don't present flawless heroes who never have a bad day. They present flawed, normal people experiencing trials just like you and me, and they find their way through them in God. That's the Psalms. They record over and over again instances of uh, David, Asaph, the sons of Korah, Moses, Solomon, and others. And what do you see them doing? They get a hold of themselves by getting hold of God, and they tell you how they did it. So the first lesson that I learned here is that David steadied himself in the Lord before doing anything else. Listen, in a trial, the very first person to focus on is you. I'm going to say that again because some of you are in a trial and you're looking here and there and everywhere, but the very first person to focus on in a trial is you, getting your faith right, finding your peace, fixing your focus on Jesus and getting your eyes off the wind and the waves. The first person to deal with in a trial is yourself. You know why? Because upset, panicked people Keep on making mistakes. When you're freaked out and panicked and troubled and agitated, you make bad decisions here and bad decisions there, and you make a bad situation worse. So the first thing you need to do is take care of you. And so I'm going to give you a word. It's not even a real word, but I read it. Somebody made it up, and I like it. It's not in Webster's yet, but it will be someday. As one person put it, peacefulize yourself. I like that. Can we just say that together? peacefulize yourself. I like that word. I'm going to call Webster's next week. (laughs) Before making a major decision in a trial, peacefulize yourself. That's what David's doing here. And he starts out questioning himself. Think about this. He's running for his life. His own son is trying to kill him. Half his kingdom has turned against him. Yet what is it we see him doing? He's focused on himself on peacefulizing, on steadying his own spirit in the storm. Why are you cast down on my soul? 
Why are you so agitated? Why are you allowing these circumstances to upset you like this? That's what he's saying. Now, on top of that, I see a second lesson, and it's this. When trials come, take a chill pill. Chill. And I don't mean head for the pharmacy or the nearest liquor store. That is not what I'm talking about, because I tell you, there's no answer at the bottom of that bottle. There's no answer there. And, and if you turn to drugs to peacefulize yourself, guess what? The same troubled you is going to be staring at you when you come down. See, I like permanent answers to temporary problems. And so it's, I'm going to find it in God. So I'm talking about turning to the Lord and turning to His Word. And you might start with the Psalms. That's what I do. I go to the Word of God. Listen, that's why I go to the Word of God every morning. Because I, every morning, I peacefulize myself. Every morning, I read the Bible until I have peace, until I feel strong, until the presence of God is around me. And then I go out the door and face a sin-infected, devil-infested world. I do it filled with the Holy Spirit because I've been with God first. But I love the Psalms. If you can see my Bible... It's so marked up in the Psalms, I can't even find the Psalm I'm looking for sometimes. Now I'm going to tell you something. The Psalms are like a great, big, divine bottle of 150 heavenly antidepressants. Oh, yeah. You say, oh, I read that Bible. Come on, Jeff. I read it and nothing gets to me. I don't get anything out of it. Listen, you're not reading it long enough. How long is long enough? Long enough. You need to read it long enough. You need to read it until it gets to you. Because the Bible says the Word of God is quick. And it's powerful. And listen, it pierces into your problem. It pierces into your depression. It pierces into your sorrow. It pierces into your confusion. It pierces into your life. And if you'll read it long enough, you will find the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it discerns the thoughts and intents of your heart. He sent His Word and healed them. The Word of the Lord is good. It is a powerful Word. So how long do you read? You read long enough. Now, let me give you a great big supernatural antidepressant. Here's one of my favorite ones. Are you ready? When you're in the middle of a storm, here's what David said, do. He said, be still and know that I am God. First thing you do when you're in a trial and you want to encourage yourself is get still, still, get still. Be still and know that I am God. God. That means be still and know that I'm God. And because I'm God, I've got it and I've got you. And I'm greater than any storm you're going through. Listen to the Amplified. Let go. Relax. Knowing that I am God. I'm just picturing. Plump, I just took a psalm pill. Let go. Let go of your problem. Let go of the storm. Let go of your difficulties. Give them to God. And relax. In our vernacular, chill, knowing that I'm God. Now, i got a Pastor Jeff version. I want you to say it with me. Here's the Pastor Jeff version. Ready? Get still. Get still. Chill. chill. 
and take a psalm pill. And that's Dr. Wickwire's RX for you today. Let's just try that one more time. Some of you need to get it. Are you ready? Get still. Chill. And take a psalm pill. It's not as bad as it looks. The psalms peacefulize us with promises like this one. Weeping may endure for a night. Yeah, you may be weeping. It may look dark. It may be difficult. You may be in the middle of a major trial. But joy comes in the morning. Psalms 30, verse 5. And I like this one. Cast your burden onto the Lord, and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Let me show you how some of you do that. You cast your care on the Lord, and then you make like a fisherman. You're reeling it back in in five minutes. And God says, I thought you gave it to me. I did, but I took it back. You know how you cast something onto the Lord? I cast this care upon you, Lord, and you cut the line. And you leave it there. I love that. One of my favorite psalms is this one. I remember, I memorized this one. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. And He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet on a rock and established my goings. And He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Now let me read the Living Bible, because that's what you're wondering. What am I quoting? I quoted the New King James. Listen to this. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Can we read that together? He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Say it again. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. That's what God does. Out from the deep mud and set my feet on a hard, firm path and steadied me. He steadied me. He steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing of praises to our God. And you're going to be singing so loud when God delivers you out that many are going to look at you and fear and trust in the Lord because of what he did in your life. Amen. So notice first he questioned himself. Why are you cast down? And then he commanded himself. He said to his soul, hope thou in God. You know what that means? Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Hope thou in God. Wait on the Lord. He's going to move on your behalf. Give it time. Hope thou in God. Not in yourself, not in people, not in circumstances to change. Hope thou in God. In God. Now, if you're like me, you don't like the word wait. Some of you, when you hear the word wait, you break out in hives. Because you don't like to wait. But here's the way I've always been. I want an immediate response from God because I don't like waiting. Let me tell you about me. I'm a very patient man until I have to wait. Now, some of you are going to get that on the way home. My problem has so often been I'm in a hurry and God isn't. You know, I look back over my walk with the Lord. It's been a long time. Almost never has my timing been His timing. 
There's things I'm experiencing now I thought that I was an experience when I'm 40. And now that I'm 45, they're finally... 45 and some change. I'm seeing things now that I thought were going to happen a long time ago. But God has His timing. And so let me tell you what He'll do. God sometimes parks us on purpose. He puts our lives on hold so that we can learn to encourage ourselves while quietly hoping in Him. Because He knows that knowing how to encourage yourself is a major tool in spiritual victory and in spiritual growth. Knowing how to wait on God. Chuck Swindoll wrote, true patience is waiting on God without worrying. I'm having to wait. I don't understand why I'm having to wait. Boy, I've been waiting a long time. My bus sure hadn't come in. My plane sure hadn't taken off. Here I wait, Lord. But you know what? I trust you and I trust your character. I trust the integrity of your character and that you've got it. And though I don't understand, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, but I'm going to trust you with my whole heart. And when your time comes, it will come. David was so good at this. David got really good at this. When he was in another major trial, it says David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And if you know the Bible history, you know that he was at a point where he was steps away from becoming king. He had no idea when this situation was happening that Saul was being killed in a battle and he was about to step into the throne of the kingdom of Israel. He had no idea. No idea. But here he was. His men are talking about stoning him. It couldn't have looked worse, but David looked within himself. He grabbed hold of the tools of his trade. He knew how to encourage himself, and he encouraged himself. And the Lord his God stood up, led those men that had been angry at him into a battle, won the battle, got all of his stuff back from the enemy, and then found out, you're king now. It literally was darkest just before the dawn. He said, Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord, my God. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Psalms 39, 7. One of my favorites here, Psalms 27, 13. I would have lost heart. I would have fainted, given up, put up the white flag unless I had believed. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, he says. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Boy, good advice. David is reminding himself that one way or another, God's going to break through and he's not going to be left alone. He says, for I will yet praise him for his help. I love that word, yet. It's dark now, but I will yet praise him. I don't see any way out, but he will yet make a way out of this for me. I don't know which way to turn, but he will yet break through and speak direction into my life. There is a yet there, and I love that yet. It means I'm in trouble now, but God's not finished yet. I'm in a tough place, but God hasn't broken through yet. I'm about to see God give me a divine yet. I'm going to break through and see the other side. Amen. You know, the middle of a trial is like the middle of a book. The author hasn't finished the story yet. So give him time. So say with me, he questioned himself when doubting God. 
He commanded himself to hope in God. And the last thing he did, he reminded himself of the past goodness of God. If you go back just one verse, it says that David is encouraging himself by calling up the memories of his past in God. Listen to him. This is out of the Living Bible. Verse 4. Take courage, my soul. Do you remember those times? But how could you ever forget them? When you led a great procession to the temple on festival days, singing with joy, praising the Lord. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, remember all those great times you had in church? Do you remember all those great times you had in God? Remember the great blessings of God he poured out on you? the victories He gave you, the healing He showed you. Do you remember those times? Remember the fellowship? Remember the joy? Remember the defining God moments that made lifelong memories? You know, I can look back and I can remember when God moved in mighty and powerful ways and totally changed my life. I remember fellowshipping with the saints, friendships that I made that have lasted a lifetime. I can look back on things that God did. You know, there's some things we should forget and never remember again. We should not recall offenses, those times we were hurt, those times we were betrayed, those times when people turned on us and stabbed us in the back and hurt us. We should not recall that. We should not rehearse that. We should not fellowship with that. But we should recall the good times and the mighty times and the powerful times we had in God. That's why the Bible says, forget not all His benefits. The message is, remind yourself of what God has done in times of trial. Because the same God that blessed you then and healed you then and delivered you then and broke through for you then is with you now in this room in your life. Don't say yesterday was better than today. Don't sing that song, those were the days, my friend. I thought they'd never end. Don't sing that song because the same God that did it then can do it now. If we will trust Him and look to Him. Come on, everybody. You know, Pastor Jeff, I'm so beat up by life and I just feel so down. Talk to yourself. Why are you cast down on my soul? You know better than this. I've learned to doubt my doubts when I'm doubting God. When a doubt comes and says, Jeff, God's let you down. God is not hearing your prayer. I doubt that doubt. I doubt anything that questions the character and the integrity of God and what my Bible tells me about God. And some of you need to doubt your doubts today. You need to look at your doubt and say, you know what, doubt? I doubt it. Oh, I kind of know you're thinking, I don't know if God's going to come through for me. Doubt that. I don't know if God's hearing my prayer. Doubt that. I don't know if God's going to do this, that, or the other. Doubt that. Because my Bible tells me God is a prayer answering God, and I need to believe what the Bible says about Him. After David reminded himself of the past blessings and fellowship and goodness of God, he wrote, Why then be downcast? Why be discouraged and sad? Hope in God. I will yet praise Him. 
Yes, I shall again praise Him for His help. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you've learned how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And join me again next time for another exciting message from our life-changing series, Encouragement for Discouraging Times, when we're going to learn how to encourage one another. Until then, may God bless you richly is my prayer. How to Encourage Yourself is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Encouragement in Discouraging Times. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Encouragement in Discouraging Times, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.